Hello and welcome to the Blitz Business Development Show. My name is Mayo Best and I'm a business consultant and coach as well as the founder of the Blitz Business Development Academy. This is a show that provides guidance, resources, and access to best practices to help you advertise, manage, and build geometric profits. From freelancers and home-based business owners to startups and storefronts, you will learn how to start small as you think and grow big. Hello and welcome to the Blitz Business Development Show. I'm your host, Mayo Best. And today, guys, we've got a very, very special show. Now, I know that we talk a lot about business development. We talk about personal development. And we're always basically trying to drop those gems for you and your business so that you can actually have the best business that you can possibly have or experience. However, it's actually extremely rare that we get the opportunity to get in front of a little just phenom, somebody who has over 45 years of experience. And you guys know me, I love nuance. I love to get access to people who have been there, done that, Wore the T-shirt two times, twice removed, and have basically, you know, scorched the earth with making mistakes and doing everything that we all want to do. And they've done that, and if we can get access to them, then that is literally priceless, folks. Okay, these are things you just simply can't just learn just by watching YouTube because these people have knowledge and experience, and what you know, I love to call nuance. So, with that said, today. We have one of the most successful business development and business consultants in the country. Guys, we're talking about folks who've done work with like Auto Trader. Now, for those that don't remember Auto Trader, it's a multi million dollar publication. That and he's also actually been working with Publix Grocery Store. Listen, I don't want to give everything up, but listen, you guys have got to check this episode out. So without further ado, folks, let me introduce you to our next guest. Check it out. Carl Lucci has over 45 years of marketing and business development experience. He has helped to build some of the most successful businesses in the country, such as Auto Trader, Publix Grocery Stores, and many, many more. Carl has also gained priceless insights with amazing business mentors and openly admits that he has made thousands of mistakes, but what he has learned from those mistakes gives him a wealth of knowledge and wisdom that he offers to every client that he works with. So stay tuned as we pick the brain of one of the best business consultants of our time, Mr. Carl Lucci. All right, folks. We are finally here. It has taken 12 episodes to get to the man, the myth, and the legend, <laughs> Mr. Carl Lucci. Now, I'm not going to tell you how he really pronounces his name, but we're going to say Lucci because I'm dying to say it. But I love <laughs> Lucci, actually. It's what rolls off the tongue, and I guess we're going to go with Lucci today. So anyway, we have him here, and we're going to have a good time today, and we're going to learn a lot, folks. So as I always tell you guys, you want to definitely get your pens, get your paper out so we can catch these gems. Okay, so we have someone, folks, that has been in business for quite some time. He is very good at what he does and works with some pretty notable folks if you've been around. So make sure that you pay attention. So without further ado, so folks, I'm going to give you guys Mr. Carl Lucci. Hey, thanks, Mayo. 
All right, so Carl, let's just dive right into my first question that I have for you, which is, where are you originally from? Well, I was born and raised in Florida, and I'm still in Florida. It was a little town called Lakeland, which is not so little anymore. Florida's kind of all congealed to one big conglomerate because there's over a thousand people a day moving here. Right. But that's, I was born and raised in Florida, and I still live here. I now live on the Gulf Coast over around the St. Pete Clearwater area. Okay, awesome. And what was it like growing up there? Um, well, I moved from Lakeland when I was about 11 over to the Gulf beaches. So I was, mm-hmm. I grew up on the beaches and really, you know, as a kid, you enjoy it, but you don't really realize how great you have it until you got older and look back and say, man, I, I had something other people don't have. I mean, we lived right on the beach. It was great when you woke up in the morning, but, and living in the area was great. Um, because I grew up on the beach, um, I lost a lot of my real Southern accent. It comes back when I talk with Southern people, but but I lost a lot of it because uh, everybody was a tourist and everybody was from other parts of the country. And unless they were from the South, I kind of lost my accent, which some people say was good. Some people say it was bad, but it's hidden in there somewhere. So let me ask you this. How, how do you feel your childhood influences some of the work that you do now? Interesting question. I'll tell you what, it, it, my father was in sales. Mm. Okay. And he was, I think, 50 years ahead of his time. Mm. And I, you know, I can remember my dad telling me one time, uh, we were watching our black and white TV and we have a shopping mall near us. And, uh, I think I was about 16, 17 years old. And at Christmas time, um, all the shopping malls would be packed with people. And the news people had a helicopter over this shopping mall, and they were reporting on how many people were, were going in and flooding the malls to buy, and, and all the cars were lined up to try to get into the mall. And he said to me, he says, why, are, why do you think people are going there? I said, well, it's Christmas, you know. He said, well, yeah, but why are they going there? I said, well, because they want to buy stuff. He said, yeah. He said, but none of them want to be sold. He said, what do you think would happen if all the stores put somebody outside the front of the store with a hook? And as they walk by, they just hooked people and pulled them in and tried to sell them something. I said, well, nobody would go there. He said, you're right. He said, so what they do is they create a buying environment. They they do that with the, the window dressing and the sale, they do things to get them to come in. And then they put all the cheap stuff in the back and all the expensive stuff in the front so that you have to go buy the expensive stuff, hoping that you'll buy the expensive stuff before you get to the cheap stuff. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm 16. What the hell is he talking about? Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't make any sense to me. And he died at 82. Mm-hmm. And it was after he passed away that I realized all these gems that he passed on to me. Mm-hmm. So when I was a kid, you know, mm. and, and they stuck, you know, and he said, you don't have to sell if you create a buying environment and you can do that, whether you're in front of somebody or whether you have a brick and mortar store. And he, and I just didn't understand it until after he had passed away. And I wish I had got understood it before that. But, wow. you know, so growing up was was a, a, a very integral part of what I do today. Now, that's pretty cool. I mean, because myself as someone who is 
I like to consider myself a student of sales and I've definitely had some pretty extensive sales training in my time. But to grow up and learn buyer psychology and learn buyer behavior in a very intuitive way like that. Yeah, that's got to be phenomenal. It, it was. It was subliminal because I didn't know that he was teaching me, but I was right. still getting it. Wow. You know, huh. plus I've had other great mentors, even when I was young. You know, I worked for a grocery chain and I knew I was Publix Markets. If anybody out there knows what that is, it's a dynasty dynasty in the grocery industry. Mm-hmm. And I knew the founder and he, he sat me down and told me a lot of stuff that, um, you know, was very, you know, it made impressions on me. And he, too, was way ahead of his time. That's why it's a dynasty today. So I think it's over a $4 billion company. I may be off a billion or two, but, you know. Carl, at what point did you determine that you had an interest in business? At what point did it click for you? Um, as far as entrepreneurial aspect or just working for other yeah. people? Okay. Well, yeah, entrepreneurial. Okay. Um after I had worked for the former owner of the auto trader and he had sold that for a gazillion dollars and he had to go, he went into the television production business and um, I had uh, retired from Publix, the grocery chain, and I was looking for something else to do. I didn't know what, but I didn't want to be in a management role anymore. I was burned out on working for somebody else, but I thought, oh, let me see what this guy wants. So I went and I interviewed with him and he said, I'm looking for a business developer and um um, we've got a lot of money we can play with <laughs> and uh, all we need is uh, we can build 10 businesses. Eight of them can fail. If we make money on two of them, I'm happy. So I thought, well, that's great. We're playing with his money. So I was kind of forced into learning how to uh, build a business, from, come up with a concept, an idea, build it from scratch and then make it work. But I had the luxury of not worrying about the finances. Okay. Nice. Except, except that he was very difficult to work with because if I needed a box of number two pencils, I better damn well prove why I needed those pencils. Mm. You know. So, gotcha. so. But as far as the development of the company and and the, the the tough part of investing in it, I didn't have those words, which was man, it was. I thought I'd found heaven. Okay. But then he, you know, he had four $1 million homes, 104 foot yacht and a young girlfriend. And he had, he had everything he needed. He decided not to be in the television production business anymore. It was called CPN television. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, we did all kinds of production. So I got a lot of video production knowledge as well. And, um, so when I, I, I went in one day and I said, you look like you're getting ready to retire. I think you need to fire me. <laughs> and he said, I don't want to fire you. And I said, well, I want you to fire me because I, I think I want to go out on my own. And I said, he said, well, why do I have to fire you? I said, because I might need unemployment for a while. <laughs> well, I get going. <laughs> you know? and, right. and, and he laughed. He said, okay, we can do that. You know, So I, I took the knowledge I had from one of the companies that I had developed for him and i knew that if he wasn't going to invest a lot of money and it wasn't sexy it was it was it was a business making money but it wasn't fun for him and i knew he wasn't going to do much with it so i took it home and i ran it for a bit then started learning how to do um how to do um uh html uh bill websites and things like that early in the early days 89 90 around there and then somebody told me about this um asked me to go to a networking meeting and I thought, what the hell is a networking meeting? I'm, you know, I've been working for people all my life. So I went to this thing and I saw these people in the room and they're going around the room doing elevator pitches and all this. And the guy at the front, um, you know, ran it. It was called FNI, Free Networking International. 
And so I said, can I have one of these one-on-one things that you all talk about with you? He said, mm-hmm. sure. So we sat down and I said, how many members do you have? Because I'm a business developer and that's where my head goes. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, I got about 6,000 members. And I said, but it's free for people to go. He said, yeah, I thought everybody was going to buy my tapes and books. So I found out that once it's free, they want everything for free. Yep. And he said, <laughs> You know, so he said, and I, to be honest with you, Mayo, I was, I was listening, but I wasn't hearing. Okay. Mm. And so I said, well, geez, it seems like you could do, you know what? I'm a business developer. Let me do this. So I went home and I bought a domain name called Tampa Bay Networkers. It's mm. still there today. Tampa Bay Networkers.com. And, and uh, I said, let me, let me uh, go home and work on something. I'm going to come back to you. So I went home and I did the precursor to LinkedIn, Facebook and all that. Okay. Very primitive, right. but that was my concept. And I said, Everybody that networks, whether they're with your group or a BNI or a pick three letters is the name of a networking organization, they can all converge in one location to communicate and network with each other. So I went back to me and says, nah, I'm getting out of it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to close it down. I said, look, if you'll keep it, everybody knows you. They like you. They trust you. They don't know me. I'll do the back end. I wasn't thinking about doing any marketing. Mm-hmm. And um, he said, uh, no, I don't want to do that. I said, well, look, but we, we'll charge them 50 bucks a year. I'll give you 25. If you can get 3,000 of your 6,000, that's a pretty good paycheck for you just doing it, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, then we'll make it grow from there. No, I don't want to do it. I thought, oh, man, here I've built this website. You know, don't know when we do it. <laughs> so I started going to all these meetings and I said, I've got this saying, if you want to do it, it's $49 a year. And people kept saying, Carl, where are your where are your meetings? I said, I don't have meetings. This is this is a place where meetings can go. Yeah, but why don't you have me? So I, you only have to hit me over the head about six times for me to pay attention. So I started doing what he did, and I did the meetings the way he did, right? And then I was sitting down doing these one-on-one things with people, finding out about, and I found out that I knew more than I thought I knew. Right. I didn't know that people didn't know what I knew. Right. Okay. <laughs> so I started offering free consulting. You know, to help them because most of the people that I was meeting with couldn't afford to pay a coach or a consultant. Right. So why to try to charge them? Right. Right. And I wasn't living off of this to, you know, this wasn't what I was doing for a living. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, so I started helping people and fast forward, I found that I could help a lot of people. Okay. And still make some money. Mm-hmm. I make money, but it's by accident. I don't ever send anybody a bill. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and so I've been doing free consulting now for about 12 years, 12, 13 years, you know, since 2010. So about 12 years. Mm-hmm. And um, um, and I enjoy it. So you asked me how I got to where I'm getting to where I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And all, that's mm-hmm. how I got to where I'm at. Interesting. I wanted to go back to something you said. That I thought that was pretty interesting when you said that you had to learn how to take a business and a, an idea you set up a business, a concept, and pretty much get proof of that concept and make it work from scratch. Right. Can you talk a little bit about that process? Because I think there's a lot there. Yeah, um, I think a lot of people um, go into business with the idea that they like something. And if they like it, everybody's going to like it. So let me make a business out of it. Right. Okay. That could be so far from the truth, you won't, you couldn't believe it. Okay. Yes. And that's why a lot of people get very dismayed. It's like when websites first came out, oh, all I need is a website. People will go there and I'm going to make all kinds of money. That's not true. Okay. It takes more than just having a website. So 
basically, I what I learned from you know Stuart that the, at the you know at CPN Television is that because he developed the Auto Trader and he gave me the formula that he used for success mm. for that, he said I had to create something that was different and distinct, or I would become extinct. And so what? So what I so what I tell people in workshops that I've done on sales and 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 marketing and on success alone is that if you're not distinct at what you do, you may become extinct. Okay, you need to change. You need to change the wording and you need to change the methodology that you use in your business so that you're different than the guy down the street. Otherwise, you're just another guy down the street. That's right. And so the first thing is to do your damn research. Find out what other people are doing. Find out if they are successful. Mm-hmm. Look at the ones that aren't successful and look at the ones that are and find out what the ones that are successful are doing and steal from them. Okay? I invite people right. to steal from me all the time. Okay? Right, right. Steal from them. You know, my gosh, that's working. Mayo, I got to tell you, one of the most frustrating things as a business consultant is when I find somebody that has something, let's say it's similar to what the auto trader was, mm-hmm. and I know what the formula was for his success. Mm-hmm. And I tell the people, you know, I tell them the story. And I say, you could plug your business right into this and do it. And they say, no, nah, I think I want to do it this way. And I say, why don't you at least try this? Right. You don't have, you can change. You have to change, pivot. Times are different, whatever, you know, but why don't you at least, and they say, nah, I think I want to do it my way. You know what? Go ahead. <laughs> you know? So that makes it really frustrating. So, you know, capitalize on what the people do is successful, right? Right. And and most of those people, believe it or not, because I've worked with several multimillionaires that were successful, they love for you to ask them, how did you do it? They're proud of it. Right. What do you think I need to do? They will, you don't need to pay a, a, a coach or a consultant. If you're talking to somebody that's done it, that's true. Okay. If they're willing to share it. And if they don't find another one that will. So the second thing is, is find a mentor. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't want to call me, call somebody because, you know, find a mentor, somebody that's willing to help you in your success. I have a question for you. I want to jump in real quick. What would you say to those folks that say, ah, but I got YouTube. Uh, I can look it up online. How's that working for you? <laughs> right. 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 Hey, if it's working for you, keep doing it. I'm not, you know, hey, look, if what you're doing is working, why are you talking to me? Just keep on doing it. You know what, what Einstein say? Keep doing the same things the same way. Expect different results. Keep doing it. You, it's up to you. So, I, you know, do it your own way. I, I never argue with anybody about what they're doing. I just say, look, keep an open, you know, as I've said before, your brain works best like a parachute when it's open, you know, when you close your brain, then you find out that you don't know what you thought you know, knew because things change all the time. You know, I'm always, always make the case. And I ask you that question Mm -hmm. because I I, I always make the case for right now. You know, we are definitely not suffering for lack of information. We've, (laughs) we've almost got too much information. You're right. Problem is we don't have enough of what I like to call, and I know my listeners are like, here you go again. But I have to keep pushing this, guys, because even though we get different guests on here, you're starting to notice a pattern yep. that what we don't have, 
enough of a lot of times now is nuance. Yes. Nuance comes in the shape or form of experience. Mm-hmm. And there's certain things that that you want you find out and especially with uh, uh creating businesses and that <laughs> not only does does everything count that Carl just said in terms of doing your research, you also have to innovate. Like one of the things that I constantly push instead of always be closing ourselves, always be innovating, always, mm-hmm. always be innovating. That's how you basically position yourself so that you do not become obsolete. Mm-hmm. And it's not in the great thing about this. I found Carl that um, for a lot of the concepts that I do, I have to build things like you did from scratch. Yeah, there's no, <laughs> there's no, no instructions and none of that stuff. However, in the beginning, when I first started um, making my own products, solutions, and services, I would find that eighty percent of the time I would fail. And it's because I didn't do what you were just talking about. Didn't do enough research. You know, just going off of my whims that I thought were really good. Now, I had decent instincts, but when I first started, one of the biggest mistakes that I made is that I was just too late to the game. Hmm. So I I wasn't going into a trend. (laughs) The, the, The technology was already out. But like you just said, that's why you have to do your research now. You fast forward about 10 years later, and now I win far more than I lose when I create Absolutely. something. Yeah. Because and, and you get the formula. You create, you develop the formula for success, but it takes a lot of trial and error. And then b- before you know it, and see this to me, tell me what you think about this, Carl. Okay. This is why I believe you have people like Elon Musk, you have your... Uh, Jeff Bezos and Steve Jobs, the the late Steve Jobs, of course, um, and Bill Gates. I think that what these guys do is they figure out their formula for success and then they duplicate it. And it doesn't really matter which area they go into. They take that same approach that got them to where they are. They build upon it, get better and better. And before you know it, the Pareto principle will fall into your favor in time. And it'll be more 80-20 your favor than your losses. And I think that it goes beyond um, 80 at some point. You start basically almost batting 100 and you're because you learn how to succeed by learning through the process of failing. What do you think about that? I, 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 I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I agree 100%. But it also if you don't mind me adding something to that. Absolutely. Because this is part of your question mm-hmm. is I tell people to quit following conventional wisdom. Hmm. Uh, about 97% of it is wrong. Always question it just because everybody else is doing it this way. Doesn't necessarily right. mean it's right. right. You know, I mean, at one time everybody thought the earth was flat. If we still wanted to believe that we'd be falling off the edge, I guess. Okay. So, <laughs> so, uh, you know, because we found out it wasn't, right? But everybody believed it, so everybody followed it. Everybody believed it, right? Mm-hmm. So always question it. You know, if everybody's doing it this way, maybe there's a different way. That's part of being distinct and, and not becoming extinct. Every one of the people you're talking about do not follow or have not followed conventional wisdom. Right. They've done things their way. They did it different. That's true. They stood out, okay? Right. And then another part of it, a sidebar here, is they did things that were duplicatable. 
Yes. Every time they do, they do it's something duplicate. They didn't build one phone. They didn't, you know, uh, you know, they didn't do one of anything. They made it to where the masses could could absorb it and buy a lot of them. Okay, and keep buying. And then what they do is come out with phase two, and then they sell that. Okay, so once they have the the platform and the formula, then they keep doing it. That's what Stuart did with the auto trader. Okay, his philosophy was I'd rather make a nickel off ninety percent of them than a dime off ten of them. Okay, and so and he did that. Okay. And he gave uh, the story is, is fantastic for another day. Okay. But, but, uh, and I'd be happy to share it with anybody. But, um, but anyway, so that, you know, I tell you, quit following conventional wisdom. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or if you think it is so, that's when you need to question it the most. Okay. Mm-hmm. Find out if there's a better way. Find out if there's a way you can do it different because that's what's going to pe- make, you know, and you were talking about coming to the game late. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not a Bill Gates. I'm not, you know, people say, well, how can you talk about that, Carl? Like you're so smart. No, I'm not so smart. I've worked with smart people, but I, I have over 45 years of making mistakes. Right. And I have 45, I probably spent $450,000 doing it. And now I got the formula. That sucks. Okay. <laughs> if I, I got to be honest with you. If I had me back when I was 20, I'd be on the back of my yacht in the south of France somewhere, and you and I wouldn't be talking. Right. But, but I didn't have me. Okay. Right, right. So I tell people, maybe I can cut you down maybe 40 years, and maybe $425,000 I can save you. Mm-hmm. Just pick my brain, you know? I, you know, and take what you want, throw the rest out. I don't care. But at least have an open mind. So, anyway, mm-hmm. that's... Wow. So, Carl, what inspires you to do this type of business? What inspires uh, you to do this? I, I, my wife thinks I'm crazy. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm semi-retired. Um, you know, my dad had another saying. He said, "If you keep moving, they can't plant you." Right. So, uh, so what? What really? I, I spend more hours researching than most people do working. Okay. Right. Um, I'm a research nut. I'm always looking for new ways. To help people in their business and learning and yes youtube is valuable to me okay I'm, i wish it was around 30 40 years ago but but i I'm, i watch a lot of videos i read a lot of articles i read a lot of about business mm-hmm. um but it's what i do for fun people ask what i do for fun I, people find it hard to believe but i work seven days a week now i don't work as much on saturday and sunday but i work seven days a week me too and another thing i tell people going into business it's the hardest thing you ever did don't you're not going to have days off. You're not going to have. That's right. <laughs> no, don't even look at the clock when you get up in the morning. Just understand you're going to work after hours. You know, if you want to be successful, and if you don't want to be successful, right. then you just do whatever you want to do. But I like working with people who refuse to fail. Okay, right. and that takes. And that's why I called my group. I refuse to fail. Right. And and um um so anyway. But I do it because I enjoy it. I, I don't know. It's just something that keeps me going. It keeps my brain. I think it's, they say it's good for Alzheimer's if you're reading and, you know, to fend right. off dementia right. and stuff like that. And uh, so far, I think I'm pretty good. What was your name again? <laughs> but, 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 but I, but, but, but anyway, but it just keeps me. And I, you know what? And I like, I really, I mean, I'll work with people my age, but I really enjoy finding that, that, uh, diamond in the rough that's a 20 something or 30 something that mm. is like a sponge and is willing to absorb and try stuff. Right. I'm working with three of them right now that I'm having a ball. Okay. Right. Right. And, and to see their success 
will be like a paycheck to me. You know, they don't have to write me a check. Yeah. You know, but, but, um, so that's what keeps me going. That's why I do it. But I, I did have a talk with Carl when I was 65 and I, I turned 65 and I said, you know, from now on, if you don't, if you're not enjoying it, stop doing it. Right. right. So if I stop enjoying it, I'll go fishing or something. Got you. So let me ask you this. What I can definitely, we can all see actually that you've got a ton of experience. What's your background education wise? Did you go to college? Did you go to high school? Did you go to trade school? Did you get any type of formal training that's made you what you are now in terms of your acumen? Thank God, no. Um, <laughs> I I spent 12 years trying to figure out how to get out of school. And then I went to college because that's what everybody said you had to do. You know, the conventional wisdom is everybody right. gets out and goes to school. So I, I thought I wanted to be an attorney. So I took pre-law. Mm-hmm. And I also, I had some, um, I, I guess back then they didn't know what it was, but whether it was dyslexia, but I, I, I had some issues compre- with comprehension when I read. Mm-hmm. I don't have that now, but when I was a kid. so it made it very difficult in school. Right. And, and so when I was working for Publix and I was working there 40, at that time it was 44 hours a week mm-hmm. and I was taking 12 hours of school and something had to go because I was burning out. Mm. And so I quit school and stayed with Publix and then worked my way way up the ranks in Publix and became a manager and then retired. But uh, so I no, I never had any formal education, mm-hmm. but I was like a sponge like those other people I told you I like working with. Right. But I like to work with people that were successful so that I could learn what they did. Right. And, um, you know, it's too many people try to learn from people who are their peers. Mm. And if you're failing and you're trying to learn from other people who are failing, you're just going to fail. Right. Okay. So I always, I, you know, my, my idea of growth is to always find somebody, if not a lot smarter, a little smarter than you learn from them mm. and then do it again and then do it again. And at the same time, find somebody down here that you can do that with, bring them up. Okay. Right. And, and so, you know, I think it, that's the way you learn. And I think that's the, the, you can't go from the bottom all the way to the top. I mean, you've got, it's a learning process, you know, right. and you've got to, to get to the point to where failure or not failure, but making mistakes is right. okay. Okay. Right. Because you, you don't remember what you did, right. You know, you, you, you do, you damn well remember you what you did, did wrong. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> that's you the know? truth. <laughs> You just don't want to duplicate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, uh, honestly, it's funny that you mentioned that, that you didn't go to, you know, school to get a, a formal, quote-unquote, business education. And quite frankly, neither did I. Um, but it's fu- and I also think it's funny that the, you said, <laughs> what did you say? Uh, God, no. <laughs> and yeah. you know what's so funny is I am so grateful that I didn't take that path either. Yeah. Because... You know, <clears throat> I found that a lot of times in business, um, a lot of the problems that folks who actually go to school for business sometimes, and, you know, this is no dig against anybody who's gone. No, I got you. God bless you. But the reality is I find that sometimes they have more challenges with solving problems because, oh, they do. number one, which you've learned four or five years ago or 20 years ago, unfortunately, a lot of it. Basic business principles, I think, will always universally apply, but 
the, the conditions around business has changed and so many factors are different that you have to be able to think on your feet and you can't start off in the box mm-hmm. and all you have to stay open in terms of, I would say your flexibility mentally as to how you're going to solve the problem. And that in and of itself, I think was probably what gave me my X factor to learn how to get my business concepts to work because in the beginning, yeah, it caused me to fail a lot, but I didn't know any rules. Yeah, well, you know, and now, you know, I always ask people this. I don't know if what if what if what if we had people enlist in the military and we gave them a book on how to win a war mm. and then we told them to go out and fight. Mm. Okay? We'd be massacred. Okay? We'd have the fundamentals, but until you're doing it, yeah, you ain't getting it. And it's the right. same thing in business. You can. <laughs> right. I'm not saying that that you know. I'm not dissing education by any right. Way. Me either. There, there, <laughs> right. There, there's a certain amount of tools you can learn, possibly, yeah. and there's certain absolutely. Know, the, but until you're actually in practice doing it, you don't understand it. And usually, by the time you get done learning what you learned in school, it's changed. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Especially today. I mean, we're we're like in an MTV world. It's like boom, 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 boom. So. And that's why I have to study all the time because things have changed that's even right. in the last five years. So I'm not dissing it, but but I'm saying when I say thank God I did, I, did I, I took business and I dropped out of the course because I literally was sleeping. I mean it was it was boring, and I wasn't digesting. And what they were training me was not going to make me successful. Right. And and uh, maybe they're just saying I went to a bad school. No, I just it. I just don't think it was effective. Maybe it's effective for some people. Okay, if it is, great, do it. But I, but it wasn't for me. And so you asked me if I had that. No, I did not have any formal training. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, again, I definitely don't knock education in any form. Period. No. Um, I think, you know what I think it is, honestly? I think what gets missed is goes back to the, the, the thing I like to call the nuance. You know, it's the psychology and those those intangible factors that are more emotionally and psychologically based, mm-hmm. I think that take more folks out of business. Yeah, um, it's not. It's you can have all the book sense in the world, but if you don't have heart, when it comes to this, you can forget it. <laughs> so you have to bring all of yourself. I think it was T.D. Jakes that said, "Imagine if you were to invest your whole self." And that's where anything in the arts, because my first twenty-five years was not in in business; it was in the arts. Well, I would okay. say a different type of it was in show business. Um, and I eventually transitioned into just business, but you have to have heart for both. Yeah, you do. Or you will not make it. <laughs> no. I don't care how smart you are. No, you won't it's, make it. that's right. And, and you know, um, I will tell you a word that I think is misused a lot, and that's passion. Mm. I think it's important to have passion, but it sometimes it's oversold. I've heard the saying that you know, if you're passionate about something, the money will follow. That is a load of BS. Okay, <laughs> right. You, you better be passionate about success. Mm. Okay, if you just want to be passionate, go join the Peace Corps. Okay. Mm. Um, because it, it's it's nice to be passionate. The example I always give is that I love reading bumper stickers on the back of other people's cars, mm-hmm. but I will not put one online. I hate bumper stickers, okay? Mm-hmm. But you give me 10,000 people that want a bumper sticker, I don't have to be passionate about it. Mm-hmm. I'll sell them a bumper sticker, okay? 
<laughs> right. Right. So, so, you know, a, a passion goes just so far. It's great if you're also passionate about what you do, but it's not a priority. If you're passionate about success, you know, be successful, whatever, whatever you do. Right. Right. I couldn't agree more. So I got another question for you, uh, okay. Carl. What do you think the difference is? How would you describe the difference between a business coach and a business consultant for those that are trying to figure out, you know, should they go after both? Should they look for one or, or the other? How would you define the difference between the two? Okay. I'm, I didn't know you were going to ask that. And I'm so glad you did. <laughs> okay. Okay. I was also in the financial planning business for nine years. Hmm. Okay, I did financial planning. I had all the licenses, Series 7, all of them. Okay. Okay. And I would be talking to somebody and I'd say, do you, you know, do you have a financial consultant? Oh, yeah, I have a, a tax guy that does my finances. I say, he's not a financial planner, is he? Well, well, he handles, you know, he knows all that stuff. I said, I don't think so. <laughs> and so I said, the difference between a financial planner and a tax guy, is I have a tax guy. I don't do taxes. I don't want to pretend to be one, right? Mm -hmm. And I think a coach and a consultant really should be separated. I work as a consultant with clients of coaches, okay? The thing is, is that you can't be all things to all people. You really right. can't, or you shouldn't try. Right. If you're a good coach, coaching is about accountability. Mm -hmm. That's taking what you learned from the consultant and then having the coach make sure you're accountable to get those things done. Right. And so I, I really think that they, you know, I, I know, I, I know a half dozen. They say, oh, I'm a, a, a consultant slash coach or a coach slash consultant. Mm -hmm. Well, I tell everybody, I said, you, I know you're not going to believe this, but I don't know everything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Even as a consultant, I don't know everything. Right. And that's why I started networking so that I could find people that knew things that I didn't know so that right. as a consultant, I could get them to help <laughs> my right. clients. Right. So right. I think, you know, coaches, are, you know, I think that's great. I'm not a coach. I don't want to be a coach because I don't want to call you. I, I've had kids and I've had employees. I don't want to call you next week to make sure you did your homework. You know, I don't want to do that. I'm a consultant. Right. You need consulting. Right. I'm here. But, right. but no, I'm not going to keep you accountable. I'm not going to be responsible for your success or failure. Right. I'm here to guide you the best I can. So right. uh, I don't pretend to be a coach. I don't want to be one. You need one. I'll get you one. Right. Great. Great definition. Great. My opinion. Yeah, I've done I've done a little bit of both, but these days <laughs> I'm actually doing more consulting than coaching. Yeah. And that's for a reason. And pretty yeah. much some of it Me is too. what you just said, because yeah. you get burnt out. You do honestly, doing doing both for sure. And you're right. Um I definitely think that that cons what I like about consulting personally is the fact that I can just give you the answer. Yeah. <laughs> the rest is up to you. That's right. It's totally different in terms of the, the methodologies that you use to help a person. And yeah. Um, and you can help more people. And you can help more people. That's true. If yeah. I was coaching, I would have a, a limit as to how many people I could help. That's true. Very true. Especially if you're going to be effective. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So now this brings me to my next question, which okay. is... Um, what do you think that it takes to be a good consultant? What should should people look for in a consultant yeah. if they're going to get one? Well, 
make sure they've already ex- have have some life experience. Mm. Okay. Now you said um, life experience. Yeah. That's interesting. Why life experience? I know that you're not excluding business experience. No, but no, I think no. You chose your words carefully. Can you explain I, why you said life experience? Yeah, because to be totally honest with you, I think coaches work more with the business. Mm. I'm work more with the people mm. because if the people's head is not right, or if I don't necessarily mean not right, if 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 I find that they are not in it to win it mm-hmm. and they are not refusing to fail, if they are taking this as a, well, if it works, okay. If it doesn't work, okay. I might tell them I have nothing for you. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they have to be able to almost be a psychologist. You have to know where the person's frame of mind is, find out what that is to start with and then build on that. And mm-hmm. I think a good consultant no- understands and knows their client mm-hmm. better. I don't care what business you're in. I, it really doesn't matter to me mm-hmm. because I can work with a CEO. I, I'm working with a guy that uh, sold a three and a half million dollar company and now he's doing a you know a piece of software and he's putting a million and a half in that. It doesn't matter whether he's doing software that I don't have to know anything about mm-hmm. the software or that business. Mm-hmm. Or I can work with somebody that is b- making candles in their back bedroom. It doesn't matter. But I have to know what their frame of mind is. So find somebody, and I've had that life experience Mm -hmm. personally, okay? This is all my opinion, obviously, but I've had that life experience to know what I need to have in a frame of mind to be successful. And I want somebody, if I'm going to hire a consultant, to also have that frame of mind. And also not to have such a big ego that, hey, I know everything because you don't and I don't. Right. But you have to have somebody that is willing to work with people that know stuff to help your client. Okay. Because I don't care who you are. You don't know everything. I think, I think the billionaires right. that are successful will tell you they don't know everything. Right. Right. Well, the funny thing about those guys is they've got coaches and consultants. I know. I know. <laughs> That's what's funny. And I always tell people, listen, guys, don't just pay attention to what these guys have accomplished. Look at what they do. Try to emulate some of the things that they do because it makes sense. You have one, you know, some of the most successful people in the world with four or five coaches that specialize in different areas. They're leveraging all five of those people and all that life experience you just mentioned to their one life. And that's just brilliant, you know. So, yeah, absolutely. So we got to come in for a landing real soon. So I got to. Punching a lot of questions here in okay. a short period of time. We'll do so, a lightning round. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna do a lightning round. There you go. <laughs> okay, so can you tell us a little bit about what you do at Success Builders? Yeah, it's um, because of the networking. I'm and I'm on several different platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I people don't believe it, but I offer to do free consulting for one year uh, mm-hmm. for anybody. Okay, and they can call me. You know, once a day, twice a day, once a week, once a month, wow. once a year—I don't care. They can contact me, and and I will spend time with them, or I will review something, or they'll say, "Hey, what do you think of this brochure? What do you think of this sales pitch? What do you think I ought to do with my website here? What about this video script? What you know? What you know?" And and I will give them my opinions and try to help them. Generally, a call won't last more than fifteen minutes, but then I have some that are thirty minutes to an hour. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
uh, but it generally only takes an hour. I mean, I don't have a limit. I mean, if we need two hours, we'll spend two hours. But, right. um, but you know, but that way I can help a lot of people. And I also learn from them, by the way, mm. you know. So, so uh, because I find out what they're doing. Oh, geez, I need to do that. I need to, you know, look into that. So, um, so as, so that's what I do. I mean, I do it, uh, you know, I don't do meetings on Saturdays and Sundays, but I'm doing other stuff on Saturdays and Sundays business-wise. But Monday through Friday, I'm doing that all day long. If I'm not in somebody else's group meeting or, uh, you know, Zoom now, you know, is mm-hmm. is the way you do it. But that's that's uh, kind of what I do. It's very, very it's really pretty simple. I, I'm just here to consult. I'm here to, you know, you want me to review something. You want to pick my brain on a sales pitch or whatever. That's you know. super cool. <laughs> well it's it's fun yeah that that's that's super cool um if anybody is listening to this show today um you you hear what he just said i'm hoping you guys are taking notes on that one and we'll make sure we have his contact information about the end of the show so yeah with that said let me ask you this what would you say a business owner can do to make their make running their business easier don't try to do it yourself. Don't make it linear. Mm. Um, the thing is, is um, running your business. That's a that's a pretty big. Yeah, pretty broad question. Let me, um, let me bring that in for you. Let's just say somebody's having a challenge with, let's say, growth. You know, they want to expand their business. Um, they, they're trying to figure out how to scale their business. Is there a framework or is there anything that you can possibly offer to someone who may be having that challenge? How they can go about solving it? Well, find a consultant, okay, that's <laughs> going to help you, okay? And then you have to be willing to invest in yourself and in your company. Mm. Um, if you are going to rely on YouTube to be successful, uh, you know, how's that going to work for you, okay? You can get a lot of valuable information, mm. but but the thing is, is, is implementing it is another story. That's right. so, so find somebody that's willing to work with you and help you and rely on other people. Quit this, you know, DIY crap. Okay, because it just, you know, I, I, you know, I just I I really think that's a key is relying on other people to help you because they will. I agree. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. So, Carl, given all the things that's happening in the news, the the flood, excuse me, the food shortages, the gas prices, the inflation, cryptocurrency crashing, stocks dropping. What advice would you give to business owners just looking at the lay of the land and getting a little bit afraid? Um, do you have any advice for folks that are trying to figure out what they might should do for their businesses to position themselves for a possible recession? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I personally believe, and we are in almost, well, we're in May of 22, and I firmly believe we are going to have a recession. I, I could be wrong, but so yeah. far, unfortunately, I've been pretty right. Um, I've been to, through two of them. Okay, I went through one in the 70s, which was pretty bad. And then I went through the one, you know, after 2008. Right. Um, and um, it seems that it's kind of like a hurricane. Mm. Everybody hates hurricanes. But when they go, when they get through, everything comes back greener and cleaner and rebuilt. Right. Right. So figure a way to hold on, number one, because it's not pretty. It's not going to be easy. I'm not going to make it out to, oh, you flip the switch and this is going to do it. Listen to, once again, do some research. Find out how other people are pivoting. You may have to pivot what you're yes. doing. Yes. 
just to sustain. If you want to go back the way you were once the, the hurricane passes, that's fine. But but uh, if you need to. But, I mean, it's like restaurants. They're having a hell of a time. Right. They're having a hard time just getting people, hire people. Right. So so they had to do pick up at the door. They had to do, you know, Uber Eats and stuff like right. that. You've got you've to pivot no matter what kind of business you have, brick and mortar or individually. Um, you know, people don't have a lot of extra money. I mean, you know, wealthy people, it's not going to affect at all. Right. But but if you, you know, if it's the middle and, and lower, uh, you know, run of businesses and, and people buying, they don't have a lot of money. So if, if you can figure a way to serve those people, even if you're just breaking even, you want to get through the hurricane. That's right. Because it's going to come back. It always does. Right. It's cyclical. Okay. We're going to always have these, you know. I don't care what administration you like or dislike. You're always going to have these. Okay. Right. But, um, but it's sometimes they're going to be bad. Sometimes they're not going to be so bad, but you have to, you have to learn to pivot. Mm. Uh, yeah. That's just very, very, very good advice. And that's so true. And this is why, you know, a few years ago I did a whole, um, series on the fourth industrial revolution and it was titled adapt or die. And I honestly feel like, you know, as we keep pushing forward, people's ability to be able to learn, unlearn, relearn <laughs> everything that you know is mm-hmm. literally going to be your means of survival, yeah. both in business and in life. I mean, I think that's where we are right now. Yeah. You cannot be uh, so married Mm-mm. or attached, which is the word I really want to use, to anything. No, you can't. I do mean anything. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, the old saying still comes it comes to mind. It's still true that when you get lemons, make lemonade. That's right. You know, That's I mean, right. you know, somebody throws, throws lemons at you, just make lemonade. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so Carl, mm-hmm. the moment that I've been waiting for. <laughs> the end? <laughs> <laughs> right, the end. <laughs> no, the moment I've been waiting for. The top three things, okay? So, everybody, get your gym bags, your pens, your paper. (laughs) We can get from the man, the myth, and the legend, Carl Lucci, the top three things that you can do tomorrow to make your business more successful. Okay. Well, we already covered it, but the biggest thing, I think, is research your business, but also research their business, because I guarantee you, they're researching your business. Mm. So you want to become, you want to be distinct in your business. You want to be different. You want to be attractable. The second thing is, is don't follow conventional wisdom. Mm. Just because you find something that everybody else is doing, question it. I'm not saying it's wrong, but 97% of the time it is. Right. So don't, you know, so question that. And the third thing is be persistent and consistent. Because it is not easy. Success is not easy in general. So be persistent and consistent. And if you had a bad day yesterday, you can't change that. That's done. It's done. It's over with. Start over today. Okay. It's stinking thinking. If you're going to worry about, what, oh, you know what happened to me? So what? You can't change that. If you had something happen good to you, so what? You can't change that either. Right. You, you know, if it worked and you can remember what you did to make it work, apply it. If you did something wrong, get rid of it. Okay. And then you will build to where you're going to be successful mm-hmm. and, and then, and rely on others, you know, get a mentor. I, I still say that's important. So there's four things really. 
Okay, awesome. Gave us four guys. He gave us four instead of three. Well, that was a bonus. Over delivered. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Carl, what types of tools or software do you recommend that can assist business owners to run their business? Anything you like in particular? Well, you know, I was late to the game on on online calendars. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I use Google Calendar. There's a lot of them out there. Okay. My Google Calendar went down one day and I panicked. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I, 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 I live by that calendar if I don't have it, you know, because we're in such a fast paced world now mm-hmm. that we need, I mean, we have electronics that are telling us what to do. Okay. Wow. And, and maybe that's not so good because I still own a Rolodex, by the way. I don't even, a lot of people don't know what that is, but I still write <laughs> stuff down. But, but, right. um, but, uh, but I, you know, I don't use a lot of different software. Right. I will sometimes recommend like one, the one guy that's developing a software for a business. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's on how to make your employees accountable and know what's happening. You know, I don't personally need that, but, but I will, um, sometimes utilize software that somebody else has if if it will benefit me you know but uh mainly my computer and the calendar i mean i i I keep it pretty simple i don't use much yeah yeah i use a ton of software yeah Yeah. (laughs) but i will say this i'm with you 100 percent when i discover google calendar and and i'll be i'll be honest i was a little late to the game too (laughs) yeah but when i started using it there's nothing, nothing like, it. especially if you're by yourself, you don't have an extra assistant. You know, uh, I love Google Calendar. Actually, I use Calendly a lot. As yeah. well. That's another yeah. wonderful, simple software. But OK, cool. Well, that's it, folks. Um, we've run out of time. Carl, you've been phenomenal, sir. Thank you so much for joining us and dropping so many gems. It's been fun. Yes, thank you. As always, folks, all of these different, at least as many as I can gather, they will be in the show notes from the show. And before we go, Carl, how can people get in contact with you, sir? Uh, well, it's pretty easy. Um, I've, I've got several ways to get a hold of me, but um, hmm, I have a phone number that I have no problem giving people. It's right there behind okay. me. It's 727-458-7683. I would appreciate a text versus a call because a lot of times I am on the phone and I'm not going to get to you anyway. That, or you can email me um, at successbuilders-tampabay.com. Info, right. info at successbuilders-tampabay.com or go to the website, successbuilders-tampabay. Awesome. As always, folks, it'll be in the show notes as well. So if you listen to this on the podcast, you know where to look to get the link. All right. You guys, thank you so much for joining us today. Take care. God bless. And I will see you in the next episode. Thanks, man. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.